<laughs> Hello. Wait, no. We gotta close the door. No, we don't. I want the door closed. It makes me you feel safe. You want the safe. door closed? Like when I sleep, I also need the door closed in order to fall asleep because uh, okay. <laughs> I know we're not sleeping right now. But you know, it's Weirdo. it's just the vibe. Welcome back to Closer to the Core, <laughs> episode five. It's I'm five. We're on five. Our right, damn. Yeah, I'm hosting today, and... You gonna introduce yourself? I'm Natalie, if you haven't listened to... <laughs> In case you thought it was Albert, this voice is Natalie. <laughs> Are you sure this voice isn't Natalie? I guess no one could be too sure. Yeah, that's true. You know. You ever met a male Natalie? Um, I haven't even met many female Natalies, honestly. Oh, shit. Uh, I met... My first Natalie, I think, a couple years ago when I was doing an apartment tour, she was the one like doing the tour, and I was like, "Whoa, I've never actually met a Natalie before." And then never met another Albert before. Like three months ago, I started working with a Natalie, and we were working on the same projects together. So our clients were really fucking confused. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "Why are we working together? We should be working on separate projects, honestly." Well, welcome to Closer to Core episode five. Your host today is Natalie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what are we talking about today, Natalie? Um, I want to talk about change because as human beings, it is inevitable. You can avoid change all you want. It's going to happen. And I think it's um, it relates really well with what I'm going through right now with moving out. This and is a season of change for Natalie. It's a season of change. Usually July is a season of change for me. Every July I'm going through something, whether it be a breakup, whether it be moving out, whether it be both. <laughs> um, oh, God changing careers like uh you know i guess school isn't related to july but i don't know the past three years in particular i've gone through a lot of change every july yeah. and this year i got a fat raise at work sick she making money now mm-hmm. <laughs> and she moved into a new apartment mm-hmm. um moving into a desk with a view a desk with a view um no relationship changes, which is new for me. <laughs> Still the same. Mm-hmm. Still lonely. <laughs> so July is the season to change for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's Leo season right now. Are you a Leo? I am a Leo. All right. Let's not get too deep into that stuff. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we can wait for your friend on that one, right? You wanted to bring on one of your friends for a, for a an stars, astrology an episode. Astrology episode. Listen, it's a part of me. It's not a part of me. <laughs> but I think that will make for interesting conversation. Okay, fair. Yeah, Albert and I went on a hike a couple weeks ago, and he was like, I don't want to hear about the stars. <laughs> I don't want to hear uh, about the stars. I did not stars. say that. You basically told me I need to have a pretty solid argument in order to like, yeah, have a conversation about it. I mean, because a lot of it's bullshit. All right, we'll avoid star conversation in our topic of change today. Mm. Uh, I did want to start with a quote. Can you pronounce this man's name, Albert? Lao Tzu. Lao Tzu. Am Mm -hmm. I saying it right? Close enough. Okay. So the quote goes... You had it open and then you put your phone down. No, I opened up my phone phone. and I realized it wasn't in my phone. So I do need to like pull this from memory right now. (laughs) Okay. The the quote is, if you do not change direction, then you might end up where you're headed. 
Oh, I like that. And I, uh, that has just stuck with me. I, I uh, in college, I dealt a lot with anxiety mm. and depression. And I was diagnosed with like a transitional anxiety disorder. Transitional? Where, so is that like you have anxiety for, about transitioning? It means like my coping mechanisms were not up to par when it came to going through massive change. This was when I had moved from, I was living in New Hampshire at the time and Mm. I went back to Connecticut to start going to school and it was just like, I wasn't handling it well at all. (laughs) And, uh, you know, change is something that, you know, like I said, humans have to go through in order to live. Like you're never going to stay stagnant in anything like whether it be like you know the people in your life are going to to leave or pass away or like your job might lay you off or you're gonna have to like move out or I don't know whatever like comes to mind when you think about change it's kind of inevitable so you were having trouble with that like kind of change yeah uh I think like despite it being inevitable we as humans don't have We aren't necessarily fully equipped to handle it half the time. Because I think it's, I think it's not even that we're fully equipped to handle it. I think it's just we avoid thing like change for the most part is really uncomfortable in a lot of circumstances, and we as humans are tend to side towards comfort. Mm-hmm. I mean, just generally. I mean, not everyone, but some people are obviously going to be better at it than others. And then you have ruts. It's not like you can constantly be changing, but it's like it's that push yourself towards the edge type of change that like makes us grow as humans. So I really like that quote for sure. Oh, yeah. I think like I started leaning into it and I want to say like last July, mm-hmm. the like the, the change that I was going through, I don't think I handled really well i think i definitely fell back into old patterns of like not being able to handle too much change at once but honestly so much change was happening at the time that like i can't really blame myself Mm -hmm. um so kind of comparing how i'm reacting this year with this like move with all these things changing in my life with like you know maybe friendships kind of fading away making new friendships like getting into my like new hobbies and moving out and getting my new career I actually am really enjoying this change and I, you know, wouldn't want to be where I was two years ago because if things didn't change and let's say like I'm still living in Connecticut and I, you know, I'm still dating the same person I was two years ago and I'm still doing the same thing and I'm still working in the lab, even though like that's what I went to school for. That's what I was comfortable with. I didn't have to leave the lab. Mm. I could have stayed there forever and like continued to be unhappy because your body knows when it's time to change. And honestly, like at the end of the day, if you don't listen to that and you don't follow the need to change, you're going to be worse off than just like dealing with the initial anxiety of something new. Yeah, um, absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. There's um, uh, two ways I've heard of this. Uh, one is in a book that I'm reading right now. One is in a book that I read uh, last year-ish. And uh, they they kind of phrase it in different ways, but it's it's really cool how this is kind of like a universal thing. So the first one is Jordan Peterson. So I know he's on a more controversial end of the topic, but I read his 12 rules for life and his just, I mean, it's a lot of text and wording. Like the dude like writes. So he writes in circles, man. It's not exactly the easiest read, but 
um, he likes to reference chaos and order. So mm. there's order, which is what you're used to, what you're comfortable with, what your routines are, and then there's chaos, which is the part of life that isn't necessarily bad, but it's where the change is, right? So chaos can be defined in a bunch of ways, but in, for the sake of this, let's say chaos is like change in learning, where you can't throw yourself fully into the chaos, otherwise you'll go crazy with all the change and um, basically no order in your life. And right. But you don't want to stay in the order where everything is way too comfortable. And he likes to reference the whole like Oedipus complex thing of like, the, the Oedipal mother where it's like she just wants you to be comfortable and happy and like will never let you go out and do dangerous stuff to change your life, right? It's mm -hmm. like that thing that a lot of artists and nowadays rappers say where it's like, oh, they they, they don't want me to change, but it's like... <laughs> they switched up the flow. Exactly. Like they didn't want me to change, but it's like change is good, right? Change means yeah. growth, like that kind of thing. So uh, the other book that I've been reading is uh, So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Mm. And that... That book is amazing. It is changing me. Do for you sure. have that? Can I borrow it? Yeah, it's a, it's a, well. I borrowed it from the library, so you're gonna have to. Do I need to get a library card? That's actually kind of smart. Yeah. So I, that's what I started doing because I realized like I'm probably gonna move maybe at the end. Like, and I don't want to like I've been buying books. Mm -hmm. I don't buy that's too what many I do. Because books are a bitch to move because they're heavy, but I love having books. Either way, um, the the concept is so good they can't ignore you. Is is very similar where it's like, um, it's. The world at the moment is obsessed with this kind of passion mindset. And me too, honestly. Like, I was getting trapped in this kind of passion mindset where everyone's always, follow your passion, find your passion, and then do the job for it. And it's kind of like, if you know what, you want, if you know what you've always wanted and what clicks with you your entire life, that's good. But a lot of people aren't like that. Like, I've been through many, many different things that I like enjoy doing, but I'm not sure if I wanted to do for work and that kind of thing. And so he suggests essentially what is the craftsman mindset. And mm -hmm. so the passion versus the craftsman mindset is the passion one is what can the world do for me? Like, I want to find a passion and get a job in doing it. And the craftsman mindset is, okay, let me get really good at something. And the idea is what can I do for the world? And so the whole thing behind the craftsman mindset is you need to become really good at whatever you're doing, whatever that skill stack is like the stack of skills that allow you to do what you do very well and to do those things well and to learn a lot like you have to have a learning mindset a constant mm -hmm. growth mindset and that mindset being you have to submit yourself to deliberate practice and uncomfortable change yeah to stretch your failure yeah failure and stretch yourself to learn and fail and this is a this is an alex hormozy quote but there's like failing is like is a concept like in the brain right like mm -hmm. he he doesn't even think of failure as a thing it's it's either it, there's two things it's a 50 50 right it's not a win or lose it's you learn or you win so it's a win or you learn because if you fail mm -hmm. you're technically learning every time right so it's up to you to make yourself uncomfortable to get that change done and those who are comfortable with stretching themselves like that who who can get comfortable with being uncomfortable and getting that deliberate practice in and constant feedback from peers or superiors or people who have more experience like those are the people who are going to do the best in life so those yeah. who can kind of balance the change in the order i think we also need to be more comfortable with making the wrong decisions and not yeah. just like failing at what we decided that we wanted to do like you could reach the finish line on something and like learn from all your failures like reach what you thought you wanted and decided like oh i actually didn't really want this and i'm gonna move on to something else like yeah. you need to be okay with like the process of getting there and not 
you know, like I'm a perfectionist and I don't like the idea of like wasting my time on something that I don't think is like perfect for me. Yeah, I agree. But everything at the end of the day is an acquired skill. So that is like a, th- like a failure within itself of, you know, oh, I failed my, my, my moral compass because I chose this like wrong path. But you didn't because life is just as you I said, like a path. Um yeah, perfectionism is bullshit, and I'm I'm with you on like the whole. I'm I'm definitely like a perfectionist thing, and I've made so many half videos and half projects where it's like I didn't want to finish because I didn't think it was good enough or like didn't have enough substance. You're like oh, I don't, I lost the flow. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. It's yeah, like, just finish it. it yeah, exactly. Why like not? follow through, and you'll you never know what you'll learn from following yeah. through. Um, this is like a little bit of a spiritual pivot, but, uh, have you ever heard of like why we get deja vu and like, like theories behind what, do you ever experience deja vu? I guess oh, I've had be. some heavy deja vu and some light deja vu, but no, I haven't heard the, I don't think I've heard the theory. I mean, so, I mean, there's a few theories, but like the one that I resonate with most is that like we have a designated path in life that we're supposed to follow. So picture it as like a line, a straight line going up essentially, and I guess the scale would be like birth to death, you know, straight line. And we're kind of crossing over the path in like a, a snake motion, you know, we're, we're, we're deciding what we want to do. We're moving away. We're yeah. doing this. We're meeting all these people. Um, we decided to get a bagel on Sunday, <laughs> you know, like whatever it might be. We're kind of like swirling around this line and sometimes we cross over it. And at the point that we cross over it is when we feel like deja vu like this has happened before Mm. yeah my deja vu when i get deja vu is always like a really strong sense that like oh i saw this in a dream somewhere Mm. like i feel like i've dreamt this and i've like i've 100 percent seen the scene before and what what ends up happening is like most of the time in my head like the scenery normally always matches what i remember but the outcome is almost always different interesting uh i was trying to think of an example while we continue (laughs) i guess this could relate like to video games as well like the video game creator has a story in in mind that he wants the you know player to follow but you kind of have autonomy on like where you take it there's side stories there's xyz but you always kind of end up in the same place at the end of the day yeah interesting so that's you know in life don't be afraid to take the wrong path because you're there's like no way that you're gonna steer from yeah, the yeah. Like, I don't think there the is core. technically like a right path. Like they're almost never yeah, is. exactly. Everyone has their own path, and uh, the well, idea of the wrong path is just to like scare you into staying in place, because yeah. you're not actually gonna go towards whatever is you know right. You're just gonna kind of stay where you are and like overanalyze your options, and well, then before you know it, like you missed out on so many opportunities that you could have taken. Yeah, one of the. Uh, this is a really nice YouTube video. I highly recommend if you're if you're kind of tripping down the perfectionist pathway like Natalie and I have talked about. Um, this video is really great. It's called, I think it's titled something along the lines of the, the 70% rule. And the YouTuber is truthless. He's this artist. He's this like Aussie, Australian artist. Um, and he has a bunch of amazing videos. But it's it's he has that same like kind of perfectionist mindset. And it's like once it's like 70% good enough, just say fuck it you're finished and upload um and depending on what it is right because if it's 70 percent done that's different but if it's like 70 percent and like you think you can add more you th- like if you're not going to put that work in and you feel yourself not doing it then just put it up 
Yeah. And I mean, this, that's kind of what we're doing yeah. with this podcast. And I feel like every time that we come in to record one of these... It gets better. It gets better because we're, we're learning from the time before. Yeah. And like today's audio levels should sound way better. Right. And we're learning way faster than we would have been if we kept on trying that first episode again and again and again. And just like, quote unquote, thought about it. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Don't it, think. You learn from just failing and experiencing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's Eleanor Roosevelt. There's a quote from her that says, do one thing every day that scares you. That I really like. Mm. Although sometimes not feasible, uh, especially as someone who works uh, <laughs> a nine to five job uh, and is home for most of the day. Just but... try to find something small that scares you. Exactly. Yeah. Like maybe get a snake if you don't like snakes. Get uh, a tarantula. Oh, I should get a tarantula. I hate spiders. Okay. Yeah. And I can I just hold the tarantula a little different, day. But I'm sure <laughs> I actually know. I'm sure that applies just in like a really different way, but it definitely still applies because mm. the, the, <laughs> the first time, I, not the first time, but one of the times I saw this quote was in a Casey Neistat video where it's uh where it's, he's going through a bunch of like inspirational quotes and there is one that's, that quote do one thing that scares you every day and he's like jumping off like a 30 foot cliff into a pool of water so yeah that's time consuming you would need to one be able to drive to this 30 foot cliff <laughs> well to be fair it was it was a nike advertisement he was paid to do right but i mean yeah. like to apply it to your own life like how, how do you think that you could implement this on like oh just in the tiniest ways i think it's a it's a really grand quote but for a lot of people it can be well, the smallest for you, thing for you specifically for what, me, what scares you it could be no it literally could be like the smallest thing where like i'm at the I, I go to the gym and i'm just there to go work out and there could be two different things right one of which is i'm in the middle of my workout and i think i can't go past the weight mm-hmm. and i push myself past it anyway what if and you the, went to the gym in a speedo Okay, the second thing that is like almost kind of somewhat related to that is like, <laughs> I just started at this new gym. Maybe I should start asking, like talking to people around, you know, like gym buddies or like even the front desk people like, hey, okay, yeah. like that. It's not like a scary thing, right? But it's like something that my brain doesn't exactly want to do. It's not like it's comfortable with doing in a sense that, like if I had to, like I would have no issue walking up to the front desk guy and being like, you hey, should come up, to the climbing dude? gym with what's, me. What's your name? I feel like conventional gyms, every time I've gone to one. No one wants to talk there. I feel like I would be annoying people if I went up to them like while they're doing a set talking. But like when I went, I went to like a, a specific gym for personal training, and like mm-hmm. in that gym, everyone's friendly. It's a it's a big community, and that's when I was like, oh wait, like the workout community could actually be pretty fun. And so when I started going to the climbing gym, like you should just come with me. I mean, actually, yeah. So uh, there's this, yeah. Most gyms, honestly, are just people keeping to themselves because they're they're just there to grind and do their weightlifting and that's it but like chances are most of the time if you talk to someone they'll be friendly like there's okay. not many people who go to the gym who are gonna be real dickheads and if they are and if it's a dude and he's huge maybe he's on roid and he's got a little mm, roid hopefully, no, they're, but... hopefully they're wearing like big headphones so yeah you know it's obvious they don't want to talk <laughs> yeah but even then it's like i don't ever have i've never had an issue like asking a person with big headphones on like if i need a spot and like i'm like hey i don't want to die on this set well but i want to push myself right yeah like the first time i benched like 225 like i was like holy shit this is like it's gonna crush my head so like I, i just like it was at night too so there was a single other person in the gym and he was on all the other side of the gym and like so i went to walk across the gym to go find him and like hey 
sorry to bother you can you spot me he's like yeah bro like of course and then like i do the sentence and it's like good shit i think you get more next time like he's like i saw you doing your warm-up set but that wasn't a warm-up like that was like that was a working set so if you just like warm up properly and then go straight into it you could get more you guys could stretch together yeah i really like you know like at at the climbing gym you get to like work on bouldering problems with strangers and it's like yeah, something to talk about, about. The last time it's like it's like a it's like a puzzle yeah kind of i i only recently started bouldering i prefer top roping i feel like it's just it makes more sense in my brain because you don't have to think as much but um yeah it's like a it's a puzzle if you don't like move your your feet to the right like balance with your hands you're straining your hands too much and you're gonna give out like, there's different yeah. holds that you need to like hold differently and like balance your weight differently and you know if a stranger sees you struggling you know, it's it's appropriate to ask if you want beta you know you don't just tell is that what a beta is that what yeah you call, beta like, is advice or is how you how you go up hmm. essentially okay cool yeah i've I've done, I've never done top roping. I, I did the training for it and then never did it because like you have to do the training anyway to do the bouldering. At, mm-hmm. at, at UConn, University of Connecticut, we had climbing walls and so there, we'd just mess around on the bouldering walls. And at that time, like that, I've done a very minimal amount of bouldering, but I liked, I enjoyed bouldering a lot. Um, I think we did it literally for like t- three weeks total. It was like me and Lucas and Mike and uh austin and it was like we would just go mess around yeah, it's so fun to just mess around like you don't even need to complete a project yeah exactly you can just and like work on a single move yeah um and then like my group of friends specifically at the end will usually work on like acro stuff i'm working acro? on a chin stand right now chin stand? i'm trying to get a chin stand down um also a pull-up i have <laughs> i need to be able to do a pull-up yeah i'm getting yeah i'm that's it's I, I'm interested in actually doing like a doing a little bit of climbing and bouldering just because the last time I did it, my my bodily structure was so different. Like I feel oh. like I'm way more in shape now. Oh, for sure. Even like since I met you. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Because but... you work out like every freaking day, dude. <laughs> I've been actually working out a lot less this past like two months just to like focus more on like learning and like YouTube and I've been doing the whole like reading grinding like trying to learn stuff thing. yeah no you should totally my like my friend group too is like when are we gonna meet the homie albert yeah no i'd love to that sounds, <laughs> that sounds like a good time yeah no i'd love to do some bouldering Hell yeah. um yeah it could be a cool thing to pick up but i know one of the things and this goes back to the whole like change is good change is uncomfortable thing that i had to get used to is uh as someone who was never an athlete and someone who was like just doing boulder like this was before, like boulder was like pre-volleyball i think Actually, I think bouldering well, that for that three-week period, which is not much at all, was the same time I like kind of picked up volleyball. And it, as someone, if you're listening to this and you've done sports and stuff in your past, is different. Okay, like when you grow up <laughs> and all you do is play video games, your your like hand-eye muscle coordination is just not. It's not the same. Like hand-eye coordination for a first-person shooter and video games is so different from like physical bodily coordination and so i from the first week there was this like it was like one of the starting level bouldering things Mm -hmm. like i was semi struggling on it and then and then by the end of it i got it and by the next time we went i could do it in like 30 seconds and the difference was me learning how to trust my feet which is the weirdest thing to me because like i just didn't trust my footwork and i just had to like train my brain to be like hey your feet know what they're doing 
So stop fucking thinking about the climbing sensei. Like I still struggle with this. It's not like, you know, I've been climbing for a while now and I I, trusting your feet is like, it's difficult. It's scary. (laughs) It's scary, but it's like a really cool feeling when you like can trust your feet. Oh, so you got to that point. See, I'm still working on it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm still I, working on that one. I quote unquote got to that point because <laughs> I mean that was on like a really easy. So at UConn, I don't know about every climbing gym, but they had like the level like one to one hundred. Wait, what? So they just had like a bunch of different bouldering puzzles, and they would label them with like these stickers or something, and it was like level one to like a hundred, and it was like increasing. That's in difficulty. so weird. I've never seen that before. It's usually like v0 v1 v2 and goes up to like i want to like the highest i've seen is a v13 yeah so like 100 wasn't like i think it might be like that but i think it was just there was like a big section of like three walls and they just kind of interwove a bunch of patterns between other rock i I think it was a thing of organization and like kind of general uh difficulty level because for so for me like Part of that, like, trusting my feet thing was really interesting because I could do levels one, two, three, and then, like, six, seven, and eight. But I couldn't do four, five, and six because I had, like, no back strength at the time. And, like, level four mm. was just a straight climb up, right? And so I watched Lucas rocket himself up this wall because the man is, like, 100 pounds. 120 pounds and he has great back strength. He's always Yeah, I mean, the, the numbers are definitely subjective because, yeah. like, I can climb. Exactly. Like, I couldn't do that level four <laughs> one, but I could do, like, the level nine one because it's a lot of lateral movement. But when like, you say that, I'm picturing a V9, and I'm like, no way, you climbed a V9. No, 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 no. I, yeah, I, I think UConn just had a weird... This is also the old climbing gym, so anyone listening to this who happens to go to UConn now, they this was pre-new rec center, so mm. when I was there, when I first got there, they had the old rec center, and then like a separate climbing wall, and then as like the, the semester I graduated... So the year I graduated, they opened up the new rec center. And then the second semester, COVID happened. So, like, I only used the new rec center for lifting because I just hadn't gotten back into climbing or had friends to do it with. But apparently, UConn went and opened, like, the largest climbing gym in the Northeast. One of the largest climbing gyms in the Northeast with that new rec center. It's it's huge. Damn. Lots of top roping stuff. I'm going to pivot back to change. Yeah pivoting back um i want to talk about how i've coped with you know what i've learned through the the amount of changes that i've i've gone through because like like i said a year ago didn't handle the change that was going on in my life as well as i am this year um not to say that like i hadn't dealt with change well before that so you know, reminder that like healing isn't linear and that you're going to kind of fall back into old patterns, but they're there to remind you what it is you've learned. I think like I I read that falling back into old patterns is actually a sign that you're healing and that you've changed. Um, Because if you're able to recognize that you did that, then like right off the bat, you you've, you know, been more in tune with yourself and that you've understood more about how you operate and how you relate to things. And now you can work on like, like parts of yourself that aren't necessarily desirable. They're not going to go away. They're a part of you. They're how you used to deal with things as a child. Our age isn't linear either. I'm still like a five-year-old Natalie deep down and a nine-year-old Natalie and Mm. a 15-year-old Natalie. Mm. Like she still exists in me. Um, So like when I react to things the way that I used to, and I'm able to recognize that I reacted a way that I used to react, I, I learned something and I healed. Um, 
But this time around, I didn't react poorly at all. I've been, like, feeling really great these past few weeks, Good actually. Yeah. The change um, was very well needed. Um, and I have, I have like, deep enough roots in the ground right now that I don't need to rely on my consistent lifestyle mm. to, to feel like I'm stable. Um, yeah. So we've talked about routines for a couple episodes um and while i've you know been pretty adamant about i don't have like a solid routine i still have my core roots on like what i need to do on a pretty much day-to-day basis like i'm still going to work um i'm repeating my mantras in the morning doing yoga i'm going to the climbing gym with my friends i'm leaning on my community as well um and i realize that not everyone has like family or like their chosen family mm-hmm. or you know a big group of close friends at their disposal but um i feel like when you are going through a transitional period the people in your life are who like you need to lean on for yeah, support. Your networks, your support system um and like when i say lean on for support like i said i haven't like needed true support i haven't been in turmoil but like mm. just having friends offer like hey do you need help moving your big furniture <laughs> and like thinking about me like if i have so much appreciation for those people and like i would do the same for them and like just knowing that i have people that are able to like help me out um i wasn't able to buy groceries like the last week because i didn't want to buy food and i had like my friend brought me breakfast and well, that is really nice yeah i mean like community is really important mm-hmm. um and, and i feel like i do kind of fall back into those older patterns when i'm going through change when i feel as though i don't have that support so it's something that i realize now just make sure that the support system's there and then you can start changing when you're chilling yeah um yeah and keeping like my daily practices as well yeah that it's very grounding those always help I would say a big thing that people, uh, going back to the whole, like, too much change or too much of not changing, like, too much of not changing is obvious, right? It's going to be stagnant. You're going to get too comfortable or then it's going to be, then you have a lot of friction and you don't want to move. But on the other side of, like, too much change, uh, some people, (laughs) it's situational, right? So, like, for you, you got to raise, you got to do, like, you you got this whole, like, new place and everything. It's, It's, like, it's a good time. I think um, one thing that I see in a completely kind of different sense of change is people who are trying to change their lives try to do too much at once. And what ends up happening is, like you said, they fall back into those same patterns. Um, And I know I've done this a million times, too, where it's like, okay, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to start reading more and I'm going to start working out and I'm going to start running and I'm going to start doing all these things. And... For a lot of people, that is way too many damn things. For me, it took me years to, okay, work out consistently. Okay, like two years ago, I started reading a little more consistently. No, it's been one year. I think it's like a year and a half. It's like, okay, I just started reading more consistently. And then just this last few weeks, it's like, okay, now I can like wake up a little earlier. Uh, For me, another big one was like last year, I started doing cold showers consistently. Now I'm very comfortable with it. But what happens a lot of the time is people will tend to, have that and i know you know what i'm talking about that 3 a.m moment where you're like i'm gonna do all of these things that change my life it's, it's these big moves. yeah it's like this big move these big moves where I'm, I'm gonna change everything it's like 
And that's how you burn yourself out in two weeks. And then you go ex like back to square one. Where it's like, you haven't even moved to square two. Where it's yeah. like, hey, the process from moving to square one to square ten is just going to the gym like twice a week. And then go twice a week for every week for the entire year. Yeah. Then up it to three, then up it to four. And, and so one of the more recent examples I saw was um, in my girlfriend's, one of her friends, he was trying to uh, lose weight, go to the gym, like to build his physique. So not only lose weight, but also build a physique mm -hmm. and then also quit smoking. And he tried to do all three at once. I guess the, the gym would be a good distraction from nicotine. Yeah, no, but it didn't help. So now he's <laughs> now he's on a diet and he's going to the gym, but he's still smoking. And he's like, okay, once mm -hmm. I get comfortable with where I am, then I will try stopping to stop smoking. And I'm like, I'd like you to stop smoking sooner because, you know, you want to live longer. But you I'm do proud you, of you. And I'm going in the right direction. You. Yeah, because he's, he's lost like, like 40 pounds. Oh, so nice. So it's like, yeah, he's doing great. And what matters is the slow progress the slow consistent oh, yeah. progress i think that's a big one is like change needs to be not only like sometimes it's going to be a drastic change sometimes it's like hey you move mm. like you, that's not something you take <laughs> very slowly but right changes and... to grow is a very methodical and slow process consistent process mm -hmm. um like i said earlier i dealt with a lot of anxiety growing up and like started to learn more about it when i was in college and since then, I've, you know, learned more about myself and I feel like I've been able to express myself in a way I've never been able to do before because I have a better understanding of it. Um, knowing the difference between anxiety and intuition is huge because if you're not in tune with yourself, the two can seem pretty similar. Mm. So your like intuition that, yeah. is going to make you feel uncomfortable when you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. Mm. You're going to feel like you're going against the grain and it can seem like anxiety and make you anxious and now now you're anxious and so everything just kind of feels like anxiety know your intuition and when it's speaking to you because you know you do want to be comfortable getting uncomfortable and this is like where it gets kind of complicated and i wish i could yeah. give like a solid example you kind of just have to experience so this for yourself your yeah. um the difference between just being comfortable with being uncomfortable and then knowing when to to turn away from something that like is literally pushing back against you is really important yeah like don't continue going down a path that is like actively telling you to turn around <laughs> like this uh this isn't a direct example of that but um a funny story that i just thought of my friend abby and i we went camping a couple months ago we were hiking and on the hike we were like walking up we were doing like mushroom hunting and kind of just like having a good time and we heard thunder and the thunder pretty much was our signal we should probably turn around and go back to the car so we turned around to go back to the car and then we realized that we weren't even hiking on the right path <laughs> we were literally on like some like back like i don't it wasn't like it wasn't trail. a trail at all oh it wasn't even a trail it wasn't even a trail <laughs> so we found the trailhead as we're walking back and we're like oh sick and we literally take like we're just like oh we'll, we'll, we'll pop around the corner and just see like what this trail looks like we take two steps onto the trail and this huge burst of thunder like strikes down i say strike as if it's lightning but like it was very loud and abby and i look at each other we're like all right so to be clear heard. there was no lightning it was just really loud thunder. really loud thunder nearby i'm sure lightning struck nearby i was just trying to like describe like the, the sound yeah um 
but we look at each other and we're like, all right, heard. We're turning around. Uh, yeah, heard, yeah, like yeah, the signs were no given. More. Say no more. <laughs> Literally say less. <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in life, you're not going to get such obvious clues. Honestly, if you're in tune with your intuition, the clues do kind of feel obvious. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know how to explain. It's like a feeling that mm. is like a sixth sense almost. You need to just know when to turn around. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. One of the one of the example I think uh, of I, I like the thing that you said where it's like you almost know that you're healing or like progressing when you fall when you do fall back into old habits. Mm-hmm. And so that actually literally happened to me like this. I would say like last week, like two weeks ago. So it's nice to kind of hear that. And so what happened was I'm doing this whole thing where like I'm kind of flipping my schedule, right? Like I'm pretty much not playing volleyball anymore. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So I've replaced it with just more. Like walks in the morning, exercise, run, and then like the closer by gym, and uh, there wasn't any particular reason for the whole volleyball thing. I think it was just it was eating up a lot of my time and commuting and stuff. And uh, it's basically I was flipping my schedule to do more. Like I got a gym that's closer, uh, making my life more convenient for me, and then investing the extra time that I'm saving from not doing stuff like driving to the gym and going to volleyball into stuff like learning. And then I found myself with a whole bunch of this free time. And then my friend pinged me like, hey, do you want to do this thing? It's called Valorant Premiere. It's like, we're going to put a team together and just play this game. It's only like once a week. And I was like, I immediately, just not even thinking, just said yes. And then like, I suddenly committed to this thing. I was like, oh shit, I'm an idiot. Like I just set aside all this free time. And then now I have to like play video games, which I was trying to do less of. And then I thought about it where it's like this whole past year, like I haven't, I've really restricted myself from playing games. Mm-hmm. And it is a cool and interesting feeling to know that, like, I put a, just a few hours back into the game and, like, I could stand with my friends who are extremely good. Uh, and I used to be good, but that's also because I was playing every single day uh, so neat for, for hours and hours and, and hours your muscle memory will, like, get back into the flow. Oh, it snaps back really quickly. So, uh, yeah, the interesting thing that i learned from that book that's like that where it's like okay change is good make yourself uncomfortable do all these things that kind of gave me this mini epiphany was he wrote in the book something along the lines of showing up is good but it's not good enough Mm. you to actually build rare and valuable skills you need to put yourself through that uncomfortable deliberate practice with that feedback right so in video games it's actually pretty easy uh, at least in my point of view, just because I'm used to it. I've gotten really good at video games before. And I think that, like, interestingly enough, from the book, the title, So Good They Can't Ignore You, I would say, like, I have very like a few things that I have really rare and valuable skills in. And one of those things is video games, because I've gotten to the point where, like, I am good at getting good at video games. Mm-hmm. So the, the reason I'm saying this is uh, what I realize is the whole rare, like, invaluable skills with deliberate practice is I was just showing up for volleyball for the last, like, three or four years. And I put in a lot of practice, but I, at some point, stopped putting in a lot of deliberate practice. And the hard thing about picking up volleyball when you're halfway through college is that a lot of people who are really, really good that you meet are either athletes beforehand, and then 90% of them learned volleyball in school. So they have coaches. So I never went out of my way to seek out, like, a proper coach. I never went out of my way to, like, 
I would watch YouTube videos and do practices, but like I wasn't drilling myself for hours a week. You know, yeah. like I wasn't doing that. So like I just got good enough. I was never spectacular. And there's a lot of different things in my life where I've gotten just good enough at. Like including several different video games. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like really good. I've gotten to the mm-hmm. point in a lot of different video games where I'm good, but not the top. Like I'm top 10%, but the barrier from top 10 to 5% to like it the takes top a 1%. very special personality to yeah. get to that top 10%. Yeah. Because so, you need to almost want that status. Mm-hmm. Either the status or just like... You have nothing... Like I can't speak on experience because I don't have that personality type. Um, I'm like the, for, I talk about climbing a lot. This is a great example for me. I'm the worst climber in my climbing group mm. and I like it. Yeah. No, I love, <laughs> I love being bad. Like being bad is, is, is a great experience, but it depends on the skill. Well, right? I don't like being bad. I like that everyone's better than me. No, that's what I'm saying. Cause like you, then you can learn from so many different people. And so what I learned in this whole like chapter of my life right now, where I'm reading this book and it, a lot of it is resonating with me is that. Okay, I have certain, like, everyone has certain skills. Everyone has certain, uh, certain, what's the word? Uh, unfair advantages. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I'd kind of, like, journaled about this and I was like, okay, what is, like, a skill set that I have? And a lot of it was, like, um, a portion of it was, like, video games, video making, parts of, like, storytelling, speaking. And so I was like, okay, I want to start making kind of, like, YouTube videos and do experiment with that. And so I was having a lot of friction getting my first video done. Just like momentum is hard to build when you've never done something, right? Um, but then I realized like I have these amazing resources at work. It like hit me out of nowhere that I was like taking my work for granted because I was sitting here like what can the world do for me with this passion mindset? And then once I switched over to the craftsman, like read this book, and I was like this is the craftsman's mindset. Just get really good at whatever you're doing. And I realized I had this opportunity to make these YouTube videos for my company and just get really good at making videos via my company for my company under the guise of the company. And what I realized is like, bro, my manager, our social media coordinator, and then our marketing asset manager were all editors for YouTube channels that had multi-million subscribers. And I'm sitting here bitching about how I want to do my own YouTube videos and don't want to do my own work at work when I can sit there at work, like have these three guys and more people give me direct feedback on my videos. And they all have this experience of making YouTube videos for some of the biggest channels on YouTube in in like history. Not now, because now there's like the Mr. Beasts and PewDiePie's with 100 mils. But like these guys were editors for the pioneers of YouTube. Not PewDiePie. Not PewDiePie. That's the only gamer so, I know on YouTube. Yeah, no, but like they were like there's a there's a big group called like Funhouse. I think they had like ten plus million subscribers. Like our marketing asset manager guy is like he was their editor. Like he still edits some of their podcast stuff. Like my my manager and my social media coordinator, like our social media coordinator, he like they were both editors for um, a big like YouTube channel group that was called the Creatures, who like they were the first people to like do a thing where it's like a YouTube group lived in a house together. Like that, like that idea, like they made that idea. The guy I work with, this original is original influencer house. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then they worked for another one when they kind of like that group split apart. And it's like, Holy shit. I have this like wealth of resources in front of me and I'm not fucking using it. And like, it wasn't until I were like kind of re- read 
parts fall of back on your community. It, what did like, I say? And not only fall back on the community, but like use that community if they are skilled for direct and right. deliberate practice but, and feedback. I mean, there's a reason that they're even in your inner valence um, because that those are the kind of people that you've attracted. I feel like like humans were very independent creatures that so like we, we can realistically survive on just what we're able to do um for ourselves like i don't technically need anyone in my life like i i know how to do the basics mm-hmm. and i would be able to get by but we do need our community and the people that we draw in are people that we would find useful like for you you would probably want like, guidance and tech yeah technology um, it's interesting because i don't actually care to be like in a like a super amazing insane video editor who does like graphic effects and vfx like the stuff is cool but i think one of the things that they've already given me a lot of feedback on that's really important to me is stuff like pacing like making sure your everything flows really well like because even if you You need other perspectives even if they didn't have you know all of this background they're giving you something that you wouldn't have been able to think about on your own no exactly and like one of the really simple videos i do is just like a map showcase and it's like hey we have this new map take a look at this new map and one thing that i wasn't expecting was one of our environment artists in office like saw one of the videos and she's like hey i do i do a lot of work with like text and stuff i can make those videos like pop better for you Hmm. it's like so i have to remember to work with her for the next map because it's gonna be cool like that is going to be really cool. Yeah, we love good collaboration. Um, in relation to our relation to other people mm-hmm. and change, in order to change, you have to be okay with letting other people down. You have to be okay with hurting yeah. people. And I think if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're you know here to grow, to learn with us, you're probably a good-natured person. I'm here to tell you that it's okay to let other people down. When you left your your volleyball group, I'm sure like the thought ran across your mind like, oh, they're not going to have me as a player anymore and I've been able to bring this to the team. Like, mm. I should just stay. And I've heard people at my job say, well, if I leave, you're going to take on all my projects. You're going to take on all my work. And like, I wouldn't want to do that to you. Mm. Um, people that are scared to leave relationships because they don't want to let the other person down. Mm. And they let it drive itself into the ground. Yeah. You know, like they were people before you. Yeah. You have to be okay with letting people down. I know I struggle with this too, especially like when you're, you know, in a community that's really amazing and Mm. you don't want like that, the gym that I went to, that was like a personal training gym and everything. I really built like a routine and a community there, but I had to work on my financial goals and my financial goals did not support me paying $200 $200 a month to go yeah, to the stupid gym. Realistic. So I had to leave, you know, you pick yourself. Um, I don't know if I necessarily put yourself, first. put yourself first, put like, get your goals in order. And then, you know, lead with your heart after that, after your, your brain has already done some like calculations. Cause I don't think we should be fully leading with our, our brain here. Obviously like we would want to stay in a community that we feel safe and comfortable with, yeah. but weigh your options and I think uh, here's a big thing that we've kind of been saying as a given, but like make sure your communities are in line with what you want. And if they're right. not, then there's a good chance you might be better off leaving them. Because I'm talking about how, oh, well, we're attracting the people in our life that we need. But at the same time, if you aren't there for yourself, 
Mm. And if you were have never really truly been there for yourself or like gotten to know who you are and what you want and your purpose and you're you're maybe like vibrating at a lower frequency or you're like doing things that aren't necessarily in alignment with you, you're attracting people well, in that lower realm. Yeah, exactly. Um and they're also attracting you into their life and like you are who you hang out with at the end of the day. Absolutely. So kind of like if you want to break out of that pattern kind of assess who's in your life who's most frequently the people that you lean on like what's your community yeah. like i would say um one of the things that was uh i would say like for volleyball specifically that community i love the sport and the, a lot of the people that i found to play it with were really awesome but there's this uh this is really odd thing with volleyball that is there's 12 people on the court plus subs or other teams um and you're all really focused on the game at the time. You're all standing next to each other, but you're all really focused on the game. So you'll be playing with each other every week, maybe multiple times a week, on the same court. But you never really talk to each other. What? So that's the thing, right? Unless you, like, specifically invest more time to hang out with them outside of volleyball. And, like, it's up to you to make those connections, right? And, like, I didn't do the best job of making, like, just pushing and making those connections because... I'm, I was more focused on things like work or health or reading or certain other thing, mm. aspects of my routine. So what was interesting is like leaving the group didn't even feel too, too bad because it's like I, I was friends with these people, but I wasn't like super close on them. Like I was close, but not like best friends kind of close. You were there and you were like, I'm doing my own thing don't even bother yeah. my cause my roommate i guess my ex-roommate now um was also on a volleyball team he did every wednesday yeah and uh it seems like he'd be gone for like five hours and would be like he brought like a whole cooler of beer every time so that he went exactly to. <laughs> that's one of the things that didn't connect with me is that like one of the i wouldn't even call it like a goal it was just a general health thing is like i don't I don't drink unless it's on occasion, right? So, like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to drink unless someone's visiting. I'm not going to drink unless it's your birthday. I'm not going to drink unless it's, like, okay, it's 4th of July or it's New Year's. I'm getting Albert drunk on my birthday. Mm -mm -mm. Which is totally cool. Yeah, like, I'm <laughs> down, right? But, like, like an example was, it, like, I went to volleyball one Friday, and a friend pinged the group chat. It's like, hey, if I bring jello shots, I made too many. Uh, would you guys have it? And like everyone was like, yes. So she brings this container. There's like fucking 30 something jello shots. I'm like, you made 30 something extra jello shots? She's like, yeah, it was for a big party. It's like, okay, cool. And she was like, do you want any? I'm like, no, it's cool. Oh, you don't drink? I don't drink unless it's on occasion. Oh, well, it's my birthday in a week and a half. Do you, are you going to drink? Are you come out for that and have drinks with me? I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm down. But for the most part, like, I'm not going to just have a beer at, it sounds like Friday. it sounds like she supported that. I mean, the people most I, people are super supportive of it. Where where my point is that the whole volleyball thing, where it's like, I I didn't feel too uncomfortable leaving the group because I wasn't like super close friends with them. I feel I felt like it was because a lot of them, a lot of not I don't want to say them like that, but a lot of communities just generally the way they end up hanging out afterwards together is they go to a bar and have drinks. Yeah, and that, alcohol definitely brings people together. Yeah, it brings loosens people together. Them up. And I like hanging out with people. Release those inhibitions. And I, but I just don't care for going to bars and drinking. Yeah, so it's, it's like, really hard to. It was really hard for me to connect with them because it was like. It's hard to be sober curious and then yeah. still like. 
want to build community. I'm glad that I found the climbing gym because we don't need to drink to like hang out. Yeah, and climbing does seem like a group where like you can talk to people and like yeah. there's this problem. Like we wouldn't be talking about I think you could do another rep, bro. We'd be like do 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 let's do a little math here. Let's talk so talk climbing <laughs> to me. Funnily enough in in workout like in workouts it's not it's like if you go to the gym with someone versus like if you go to the gym and see someone. It's like when you go to the gym and or you're with something, that's like you got like an hour and a half of shooting the shit together while you work out. But it's like if you go to the gym and you like find someone there, it's like you're not going to really shoot the shit with them that much. Yeah. With volleyball, it's like you're there for two to three hours with them. But it's like the things you're talking about is like I think this person's hitting line. Let's push them like and then you play line and then like all like that person will drop mm-hmm. back and cover cross and then like then just make your pass your passes are good and then it's like advice and it's like it's all very game focused it's like yeah i'll talk to someone about their lives for 10 seconds and then the rally starts and we have to focus that's too fast paced for me i love (laughs) i love the slow pace of climbing and then in in high school i I played tennis which i mean it's also kind of fast paced but you're like you get to think in between each serve like okay okay we're gonna we're gonna work and you're working with just like your one partner because i did doubles yeah, so it's like that for volleyball. You you have time to talk between serves, but most of the time you're talking about the game because you're thinking about your next game plan. Which is perfect. And then that's when you go out after to get drinks and talk about other things. Yeah, except... <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't really care for drinking, so... <laughs> yeah, so I guess, you know, moral of change here is to just freaking do it. And be yep. okay with it. And make sure um, your communities and your support systems back you well. Right, and, not, and I, like obviously, find some new ones. The hardest change is when you aren't able to make like you have no control over the situation. You don't get a choice. Like when you when you lose someone, and when you know someone in your life passes away, or, or you know, you losing another person is really really hard. So yeah. I want to acknowledge that like all, not all change can be as like carefree as I'm like moving to this new apartment. You know, like when you're body is telling you that you need rest like take take the rest um do what you need to do again like it's i still kind of stand by leaning on your community like having people around is really important having time with just yourself and like feeding your soul also very important um but it's all part of this like cycle that we're in of of learning and and changing and humanity has some darker sides to it it can be really difficult um i've lost way more people than i think i should have (laughs) at this age so um and i still don't really know how to how to speak on it uh i think i'm at a point now where i'm kind of i don't fear death death is inevitable um but we need to like live while we're alive Mm. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, that looks pretty good. How are we doing on time? We're pretty close to the end here. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add? I think that was a pretty good way to end it. We can do a shorter episode today. You've got moving to do. I do have to finish moving. Yeah. I have to move all my big furniture. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. Um... We'll see you next week. Uh, oh, yeah. One of these weeks, we're going to have to film a double episode because I, I got some work travel coming up. I'm going on a backpacking trip. 
When? August 5th. All right. Well, enjoy. We'll, we'll, we'll still try to get an episode out for you guys. Uh, if not. We might just have to do like a Saturday and a Sunday maybe. We'll figure it out. Okay. We'll figure it out. We'll see. All right. Cool. Stay safe out there, friends. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you.